0: Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining me today on the Digging Deeper podcast. It's good to be with you. Um, I'm Brian Wilmarth, I'm our senior pastor here at New Life Church, and I'm going solo today. We don't have Cody. It's just you and me and uh, whoever else might be listening with you. So if you got a group, that's cool. Uh, But it might be just you, whether you're in the car or working out or uh, spending some time just on your own. But it's good to be with you. Um, So yeah, picking up where we've left off, we've come through two weeks in our three-week series called Fulfilled. And uh, we're diving deeper into the Christmas story as it's fulfilling Things in the Old Testament, the the anticipations, the foreshadowings, the prophecy that the Old Testament has for us about what Jesus does or who he is in his coming. And so, you know, a lot of times we spend uh, our energies and our focus on Christmas and the Christmas narrative itself, you know, this actual birth. And that is so important and good. Um, but there's so much loaded behind that. And so that's what we want to do in this series is explore the depths to which Jesus is coming, fulfills certain things in the Old Testament and how that uh, helps us understand who he is better and and what he's done. So um, as we jump in today, I just want to say Merry Christmas. Um, We hope that this series has been been helpful for you and it has enriched your uh, exploration of Christmas again this year. And uh, as you celebrate with family and friends, uh, hopefully this is just giving you a bit more uh, depth to some of the things that you already knew and maybe teaching you some things that you didn't. So, so anyway, week two, we've, been, uh, we've looked at now Jesus as the prophet like Moses. So when Moses shows up, he leads the people out of Egypt and gives them the Ten Commandments, gives them the law. He leads them through the wilderness wanderings, and, and he is such a pivotal figure in the history of Israel but he still falls short. Uh, he himself as an individual uh, didn't didn't trust God in a particular moment. And he was um, barred from going into the promised land as well. And what we see with Moses is um, he, he comes close, but not quite there. And um, yet he made such an impact on On Israel as a nation, on their history, like now Moses is is one of the pivotal figures. He's he's among the the top three or four of like Abraham and David, uh, maybe Elijah. Like you look at some of these, the most influential figures in in Israel's history. He is definitely one of them. And so when we get to Deuteronomy and we read, there will be a prophet like me oh man, to the Israelites, that would have meant so much. Like a prophet like Moses, like, oh man, Moses is one of the best. So that was our hope is just to explore how Jesus in his coming, he's coming as the prophet like Moses. And so hopefully that be, you know, you got some clarity on what that means and how that is. But I'll say as a, as a preacher and reflecting on the message that morning and even a little bit after this was one of those times for me, I'll just, I'll share this briefly, um, that I just felt like it wasn't clicking for me. Like um, the content was good and it was there, sure. And and I imagine it was helpful to some degree, but maybe you felt that too, or you're kind of just like, ah, you know, I'm not so sure on this. And I don't know that I was as clear as I wanted to be um, or as clear as it may be kind of felt in my head, but it just wasn't coming out. So what I want to do is just for a couple of minutes, maybe clarify a couple of things that I didn't feel were as clear as they could have been or should have been in the message. So maybe it was clear to you and this will be review. Awesome. Or maybe you have some of those one wonderings too, like, okay, he talked about this, but I'm not so sure. So really what I want to do is I want to clarify a couple of things and then I want to tell just a little bit more of like personally how this hits me. So I want to clarify what I meant by acts. What I meant by standing and why these things are important as it relates to how we typically respond. So, just a little bit of a, a recap. Um, we talked about how the question sometimes can arise for us like, do we have access to God? What's our standing with Him? And how does that then lead us to respond to that reality? So, what I meant by access um, when I thought about this, I was thinking, like, can we get to him? Do we have access to him? Like if he's a king and he's sitting on his throne in his throne room, like, are we allowed in? Will we be able to knock on the door and say, he'll say, come in. Do we have access? And, and will he listen to us? So like when we pray, does, does God hear us? Does he listen to my prayers? That's what I mean when I'm talking about access. Like do, can we get to him? And where I'm getting this from is actually the Old Testament context. You know, I, I talked a little bit about how the couple of verses right before our verse where Moses says, there'll be a prophet like me, the, the, the text tells us about these other nations that they're going to go into the land. They're going to be there, these nations, and they practice divination and sorcery and all that. Well, the, what that all has to do with the ancients, their view of how do we get access to the gods? Like, they're up there, they're up in the sky, they're, they're you know, separate from us. How do we get access to them? And that's what divination and sorcery were all about. What these old practices were, was a, as a way for the ancients, for the people, to get access to the gods, to get the gods' attention. And and they had a very negative view. Like, the the relationship to the gods was not like what we often think of when we think of God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, like... Their view or relationship to the gods was one very of contract, and it, it was um, give and get from one another. And, and it, it was not a, a good, healthy relationship. It was not one that you enjoyed. It was just very much like, okay, I have to do this, and I have to figure out how to please the god. Like I mean, it was just—it was burdensome. It was not a relationship you'd want to choose to be in, really. And so when we think about access, what they would do is they would offer the right sacrifices, offer the right like prayers or, or um, do the right kinds of meriting things. That all was how they would operate in that relationship. So if they wanted crops, if they wanted children, if they wanted prosperity or blessing of some kind, they would pull the right levers. They would do the right things to get access, to get the God's attention and to get them to do what the people wanted them to do. And so that's what people would do. And it, and it was a very precarious, like if you just made the God mad, then what's, what's he going to do? He's going to send floods on you. He's going kill, to kill your family, like send a plague on you like that. Those were the kinds of things that people were concerned about. They, they didn't want to offend the gods. And so they would do all that they could to make sure that they were in right positioning, right standing, viewed favorably by the gods. And so that's, that's what was happening there when now going through a, you know, divination kind of thing, or essentially it was going to a religious or, or, um, spiritual person who had the God's favor. And maybe the gods would communicate to this individual. Like that was what their perspective was. And so they go to these individuals like, okay, I want to get a good crop this year. What do I need to do? And so they would, you know, cast whatever spells, do whatever seance, kind of those kinds of things, to discern. Well, here's what I think the God is telling you to do, and then they would go and do it. That's the context for all of this, and we don't quite do it that way. There are some who do, but we we've kind of pulled different levers. It was like, well, if I'm a good person, then. If I do good things for other people, if I give money to this thing, or I say the right thing, or if I'm the more good things in my life outweigh my bad, then, then I have access to God. And so we maybe don't do the same sorts of things, but we have the same kind of approach at times. And so similarly, if we're talking about access now on a transition to standing, um, if we have access, let's say we can get into the throne room where we've, we've paid, we've paid our entry fee or we've done the right kind of thing to get access to God. But what does he think of us? What's our standing with him? Is he skeptical of us? Is he favorable to us? Does he like us? Like those are the kinds of questions that come up when we think about standing, So maybe we can get into the throne room, but maybe we need to do a bit more. And so all of these things kind of play together. Whereas if, you know, I want standing, if I want him to give me what I want, what I'm asking for, then I need to earn it. And then I need to, you know, do the right kinds of things. I need to make sure that I have the right standing before him. I don't want to go before the king and he doesn't think well of me is off with his head. Like we were trying to avoid that. So how do I make sure that I have good standing. And so standing is very much in the, in the Bible, of, um, it has a strong legal component. Like, are we pronounced innocent or guilty? Are we favorable or unfavorable? And so it has that kind of feel of, of a legal kind of courtroom sort of thing. When he looks at us, are we guilty or innocent? Are we viewed favorably and in relationship or are we viewed as an outsider? Like what's our standing with God? And so access and standing, I think, kind of go together. And that was my my thought process in preparing the sermon. I hope that's even just becoming a little bit more clear. Maybe it was clear on Sunday. Maybe it wasn't. But I think when we are faced with uncertainty, we don't know, can we have access? Is he going to listen to me? Or even if he does listen to me, does he view me favorably? Like, am I viewed well in his eyes or am I viewed poorly? And we tend to want to fix that. If there's, if there's the threat that we don't have access or don't have standing where we, we are pronounced guilty or, or he doesn't look favorably on us then we do the things that we can do to earn it or to, to make that happen to like, see, I'm a good person or I should have standing with you. And I think that's where we get these control kinds of things. And I think that's what was going on with the ancients. They were trying to ensure favor and standing. I, I think we tend to try to pull those levers. And what, what we're getting in Deuteronomy and ultimately what we get in Jesus is a challenge to that assumption. Like we have to control it. We have to manufacture, we have to earn, or, or we have to, to put all the right kinds of things in place to, to be uh, in a, in, in right standing or have access to God. And I, I, I'm curious if you just, you feel that tendency. I feel that tendency in my mind. Like if I, if I think like my, my parents or a teacher or a friend or something like I, if we're not like, if there's any sort of wedge in our relationship or they, there's some kind of break in, in, in our relationship, Man, like my tendency is to want to like, "Oh, okay, well what can I do to fix it? What can I do to to be like outweigh the bad kinds of things? What more can I do to make it good?" And and it's good to repair relationships. That's not quite what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we just try to like outweigh our bad things, outweigh the 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 negative with more good, and whatever we define good as. And and that's intentional right there, right? Like we define what is right in our own eyes. Or maybe we do try to seek like what, what is right and good. Um, but oftentimes it's not the actual and what is most godly in terms of the good. And so I'm just curious if you resonate with that, because that was the need. That was the idea that I think I, I wanted us. And I felt like our, our preaching team was trying to drive towards like we, we have this tendency in the face of uncertainty within our relationship with the Lord. If we don't feel like we have access, does he listen to me? I'm not sure he does. Or if he is listening, is he viewing me favorably? What are the things that I can do to earn that favor, to be in his good graces, to be viewed in a particular way? And I think what God wants to say back in Deuteronomy not so with you. Don't be like everyone else. Don't be like all these other people. I'm going to raise up a prophet like Moses. And what was that prophet like Moses? What was Moses like? Well, he was one who just showed up. The people cried out like, God, are you hearing? We're oppressed. We've been enslaved for hundreds of years. Like they're, they're crying out, but they didn't do anything to warrant it. All of a sudden, just God shows up. He brings Moses, Moses leads them out. They didn't do anything to warrant it. Similarly with the covenant, like entering into this relationship, this formal relationship with God, they didn't, they didn't do anything to earn it. It was given to them. And I think that's what, what God is trying to say. Like I'm going to raise up a prophet like Moses who just shows up and leads you into relationship with me you're not going to do anything to earn it. You're not going to warrant it. Like I'm just, I'm coming to you. I'm pursuing you. But where Moses couldn't quite do it because the law couldn't quite do it. And and Moses himself was a a sinful, flawed person, just like everyone else. And while he was maybe a, a par excellence kind of expression of humanity, he still wasn't what we needed. He saw God face to face, but yet he still fell short. So a prophet like Moses is one who, who's going to come, who's going to fulfill all this. And ultimately we see that with Jesus. He is the one who did what the law couldn't do. He's the one who did what Moses couldn't quite do. He's the one who guarantees us access and standing. And it's not something that we make happen. Jesus shows up. He's born as a baby. He comes into this world as a human being in the footsteps of Moses and he makes the path forward. He opens the door. He gives us access by his blood, by what he did. Now that is guaranteed. We don't have to earn it. It's always there. When we align ourselves with Christ and say like, Hey, I'm with him. That's our entry. He, he's the one who brings us in. He's like, you're with me. I'm bringing you in. Cause I, I warrant being in the throne room. I have access by who I am, by what I've done. I'm sinless. I warrant it all. And I'm bringing you with me. And in that access, he also gives us standing. When God looks at us, he doesn't see our sinfulness. He doesn't see our brokenness. He doesn't see all all the things that we've done wrong that we now have to try to cover over because it's already been covered over. That's the blood of Jesus. As a human being, God in the flesh, he pours out his blood for us and he covers over. And that's what gives us standing. So when God looks at us, he sees Christ. He sees his righteousness, his rightness, his right standing over us. And so I hope in narrating all of that over these last several minutes, I hope that one brings a little bit more clarity and maybe you already felt like it was clear, like, yep, I've got all this, but maybe it's just that reminder. Like we don't have to earn it. We just have to trust, put our faith in Christ and we receive it. And so no longer do we have to feel uncertainty. We can know We have access, we have standing, that is secure. And church family, I hope you hear that. Like there is nothing that changes your standing in Christ Jesus because his blood pays over all things. It covers over all things. No matter what we have done, we have standing and access with God. And so there are gonna be times when we feel probably the lack where we feel like we may not have access or we may not have standing. And there are times when maybe our 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 current sinful patterns do kind of drive a wedge in there, but it never breaks the relationship. There might be a wedge. There might be something that's coming in between us and we have something that we need to work out with the Lord, but it's, it's still in the context of relationship. The relationship can survive it. It doesn't destroy it. It doesn't undo it. There's nothing that we can do that will pluck us from his hand. And so I hope you hear that afresh this Christmas. Because we tend to, you know, feel the the burden. We feel the wrong things. We feel the brokenness. We feel maybe the, the strain in our relationship. And again, sometimes we can. We can put things in there that we need to address to remove, take that wedge away, but always hear that never, ever destroys the relationship because of the blood of Jesus. Like there's nothing we can do. We cannot harm or destroy our standing with God because it's a gift. So maybe you do feel like there's a wedge or there's something, like maybe there is a sin or or a, a brokenness that you've got to work through with the Lord, but he's wanting to work through it with you. It doesn't change his view of you. Your standing is not harmed. There's perhaps there's the expression of the relationship. So um, so kind of applying this or, or taking this this next step, like as I think about that, the times where I felt distant from God, There have been moments in my life where I've been questioning like, oh man, like maybe I don't believe or maybe I'm not secure in him. That is not true. If we have truly put our faith in Christ, we are secure in him. There might be some things we got to work through, but he is always there and he's always listening and I can trust that. And I hope what that does, that idea, that reality, I hope what that does is set you free like it it sets us free from the burden of like uncertainty and I don't know no we can be certain we can know for sure that nothing is going to change our standing with him and he's wanting to work through whatever barriers there might be whatever things are happening in our lives that that kind of we don't need to pull levers of control to manipulate god to do something we can simply just rest in the relationship And so I hope like even just kind of narrating some of that, like what are the kinds of things you're thinking of? Do you you feel those moments of uncertainty? Do you feel like things aren't playing out the way that you thought they should or would? And so you're asking questions like, what's going on here, God? Be certain that nothing has changed your access, your ability to get to him, to be with him, nor your standing, his favorable view of you. Nothing changes that. And that, knowing that reality, opens up a door. It allows us to be more free. I hope that's what you're feeling right now. I hope that's kind of what you're taking away from all of this. Because that's what I need to be reminded of sometimes. I think there are moments when I'm I'm wrestling through something and I, I feel like, oh man, I must, i this must be displeasing to the Lord. And, and, you know, it probably is aggravating him. And yeah, maybe there are some like, frustration kinds of feelings that God might, might experience, but he never ever looks at us differently than when he looks at us through Jesus Christ. And he's wanting to work with us. And so it allows us that freedom. like he's there. He's willing to help us. He's willing to bring us to something better. It's not like our relationship is on the rocks. It's not that yeah, actually I want to change that. It's not like our relationship on the sand. <laughs> it's not like it's going to topple over because it's built on the rock. We have that security. And so I'm, I'm talking this all out, hopefully to provide you some encouragement especially at Christmas time. Hopefully you are feeling the festivities of the, the holiday season and um, you, you feel the joy that, and the peace that often comes with it. But sometimes we don't feel that. And maybe you feel there's threat in your relationship with the Lord. I hope all of this is just providing you a bit of that, that centering, providing you a bit of that, that clarity and providing you a bit of that certainty that sets us free from wanting to control wanting to to call the shots wanting to manipulate or make something happen we don't have to we don't have to because we can trust him we can trust what he has done and we can trust that we have standing and access so i don't know i hope that hits in a meaningful way for you today for for the holiday season um we felt like this series was a, was a good one to go explore some depths of the Christmas story that maybe we didn't go after very much or haven't heard very much. And um, I just hopeful so far, I hope that so far it has been, it has been really, really helpful. So um, thank you for journeying with us through the series. And as we approach Christmas Eve, we're gonna continue in our series one more time and look at a final element and, and I'll tease it, we're gonna look at at David and kingship. You know, oftentimes, we, we think of Jesus as the baby, the newborn king, and um, that, is a, that is a good reminder. Well, what is it all about? What does it mean that he is king? What, and what is it that he's fulfilling by becoming a king and a king like David? So that's what we're going to talk about. But we do have a great service plan. We're excited um, just to have some unique things that we'll do. We're going to have the kids participate in worship, both on stage and in the room. And uh, we hope that it is a celebration, a celebration of Jesus's coming and an anticipation of his second coming. We long for him to return. We long for him to bring to fruition the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of his kingdom. And so, yeah, we hope that our Christmas Eve service can be a part of that. Thank you for listening with me today. I hope, again, this is helpful and um, provided a bit more clarity if there wasn't any but I hope if nothing else, it encourages you. This is true for us. We have standing and access with God. That is guaranteed by Christ. I hope that gives you encouragement today and in the holiday season. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate you all and uh, we'll see you next time.